0: The cutest and most mild-mannered animals often find themselves in the pet trade, but in the wild world of woodland creatures, cute doesn't get you very far. For those creatures that tread the line between those two worlds, not fully domestic, but harmless enough to live in homes, they may exhibit some behaviors that baffle their human household companions. These holdovers from their wild kin show us a picture of their life in the wilderness, the adorable pygmy hedgehog, may have some behaviors not dignified in civilized company, though they are vital for their survival in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for creating our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And today we're talking about a prickly bush pig, though it's not a pig at all. But more on that later.
1: Bush pig. Yeah, I guess. Do you you ever think about, you know, why J.K. Rowling decided to name the school Hogwarts? Like, no, not pig pimples? If if you... Not swine sores?
0: Swine pustules, oh, that's what Oh,
1: delicious. It is. But hog, I, Hogwarts isn't that much better. <laughs> it's, no. It's such an odd thing, but we're not talking... It's even, like a
0: wart hog, only different.
1: Yeah, but that's an actual hog, and it has warts. This is just... It's just such a weird name for, like, an eldritch school of magic.
0: Yeah, I like how there's Ilvermorny. All the other, like, wizarding schools have, like, cool names. But, but like Hog- like Hogwarts is something that over the course of the movies and books, you just it loses its meaning.
1: Yeah, like Dumbledore, like that's a that's a dumb name. Like when I first heard it, I thought that was a that was a silly name for the most powerful wizard ever. But then by the end of it, I just didn't think I just didn't register with me as being a silly name. Dumbledore.
0: Dumbledore.
1: <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about Hogwarts or Dumbledore or any of that stuff. We're talking about a hedgehog, which is why hedgehog it really came from this.
0: Yeah, a, b- a bush. Pig. Oh yeah, we're talking. Thank you, thank you to Nora who suggested the pygmy hedgehog. Yes, thank you. Nora She suggested tenrecs. We've already done a tenrec, but she has, I think, a pet hedgehog,
1: which is our cute tenrec. Yeah, not quite. Not quite. But we're talking about the African pygmy hedgehog, which is most likely the one that Nora has as a pet. mm mm-hmm. So we're gonna call it here the strong quilled spike hamster. And uh, everybody's favorite speedy cartoon hedgehog, Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> J- just kidding. It's actually Sonic.
0: Knuckles is an echidna.
1: I did not know that. I'm not really a fan of the manga. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> but uh, apparently, yeah, I had to look it up. Knuckles is, is, is an echidna. And he's not fast. Yeah. He just punches things.
0: He can fly, though. Can he? Or Glide. In the video games you can.
1: Like a kidnest can. I guess hedgehogs aren't very fast. So (laughs) they're just really, they're all aliens. It doesn't matter. Um, But let's taxonomize this. Uh, So the hedgehog is in a kingdom you know, love, and are in. And that kingdom is the one and only Animalia. The phylum is Chordata, class is Mammalia. Got a little cute little mammal here. The order is Eulipotifla. Eudipotifla. Good P H L A there at the end to throw me off. Um, the family is Aranacid, Ar- Aranaceidae. Yeah, sure. Um, the genus is Adalarix, which is pretty cool. Adalarix. And the species is Albiventris. Albus Dumbledore. Al- <laughs> no, we're not talking about Dumbledore. <laughs> So the binomial nomenclature is Adaleric's albaventris, which sounds that
0: sounds like very Harry Potter. Yeah, it
1: sounds like definitely what Harry named his son for some reason. Spoiler alert! <laughs>
0: this is, yeah. He, um, if Harry Potter gets pregnant. Spoiler alert! Harry,
1: <laughs> Harry Potter and the and the insurance nightmare. Um. <laughs> So it's, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, and that part of the show is critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of the of, for a group of this animal, uh, or what is the collective noun, or what is the term of venery for this animal? And we are talking about hedgehogs. So, Joe, if you saw a group of hedgehogs, would you say it's a an array? Of hedgehogs, B a blanket of hedgehogs, C a committee of hedgehogs, or D a drizzle of hedgehogs.
0: I'm gonna say an array.
1: Final answer. Final answer. Yep.
0: Ding ding ding! You are correct. It is array. <laughs> Woo! We well, gave it away. Array starts the
1: day. I mean, yeah, they all. I I purposely made them all start with their. The, their letters.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've heard Blanket and Committee before. Oh,
1: man, I gotta... I gotta, I need to keep a list of the ones I've already used as dummies. Throwaways.
0: Drizzle has caught me... made me think twice.
1: Have I not I've done a Blanket? Hmm. I know I've done Committee at some point. All right. So, yes, an array of hedgehogs. Even though they don't congregate very often, if they do, you, you have... You, you, you use the same term as you would for guns, <laughs> surface-to-air guns. I think that's an array. Um, or, Isn't
0: it a satellite array as well?
1: Yeah. I think it's like and computer chips can be in an array. Anyway, uh, so the hedgehog lives all over the world as a pet. But they're really native to a belt stretching across Central Africa from Sierra Leone all the way to Somalia and Tanzania from sea to Pirate Sea. It loves grassy fields, open woodlands, low elevations, long walks on the beach, and it prefers dry, warm places. So it actually doesn't prefer, doesn't like long walks on the beach. Uh, But you ready to hear about what this thing looks like? I sure am. All right. Well, if, in case you have no idea what a hedgehog looks like, it is the classic adorable. adorable. Yep, it's uh, it can tell the future, and it's cute. It's <laughs> it, it is adorable, and it's a poke mouse, and it's the same pet that teenagers like to keep curled up in their oversized sweaters, and they're like, hey. Look, I've got my, my hedgehog is here. I've more than one person I've I met as a kid had uh, a, a sugar glider in their sweater. I was like,
0: like, like on the street or like
1: at school or at like events or birthday parties or something like they just like they just open up their sweater. And there's a, a there is a sugar glider h- hanging out on the inside of their sweater. More than that was I, at least two people, different people. And I remember, Dang, my, I remember wanting one. I remember thinking that cats. that was the cool thing to do. <laughs> Just have an exotic animal perpetually trapped inside of your clothing. Sounds good. I mean, it sounds like, that sounds like fun time for everybody.
0: <laughs> except for maybe everybody, except
1: one. for maybe everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So it has an oval shape. The hedgehog has an oval shaped body uh, with a tiny mousy face and little mousy people hands. Um, but it only has four toes on its hind legs instead of the usual five, which is uh, what most other hedgehogs have, apparently. So that's why it's also called the four-toed hedgehog. Uh, It's probably better known by that name than the African pygmy hedgehog. Mm -hmm. Um, It has beady black eyes and a little snout with small rounded ears, Um, but its defining characteristic is the sheet of spikes that cover its back. And we've done the spike tenoric before, but uh, take those spikes and double them in density and number. Uh, the quills on the back are a mottled brown and cream with cream tips. And uh, the underside fur is kind of like a grayish cream color as well. And the snout is uh, brownish, grayish, kind of getting on the black side. So um, that that's... That's pretty much the the hedgehog. Um, But like I said, it can fit in people's sweaters. So
0: how big is it, Joe? Let's get into this. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show that's presented, where we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms. Through a quiz that's fun for the whole family, it's also part of the show that's... Introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying singing or chittering, the words measure up into LDTaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week. Uh, Technically we do, but it came in at the 11th hour. Yes. Uh, So instead we're going to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. Bring it on. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Okay.
1: It sounds like a it sounds like s- some animals having like a like a modem connection error.
0: <laughs> is it A a frog, B a turtle, C a mouse or D a hedgehog?
1: <laughs> I don't know how long hedgehogs would be pets if they made that sound. I'm going to go with I guess frog, that makes the most sense to me.
0: Frog final answer? Yeah. It is a
1: mouse. Oh, wow. I, that would have been my well, outside of the hedgehog, would have been my last guess.
0: The, the It's a mouse that's been caught in a cage. I figured it's it was injured. distressed. It's not injured, but it is scared.
1: I figured it was not a happy animal, whatever it was.
0: <laughs> it's kind of a sad, it, it does look scared. It's a sad video that you can watch on at com. Well, you can click the link to watch it. It's not on the website. But let's get into it. Let's talk length. Uh, females are actually bigger on average than males, but generally they can be five between five and twelve inches, or thirteen and thirty centimeters. So, lucky you, it's about a foot. Yes, it's kind of big, bigger than I thought.
1: Yeah, that is pretty big. That's like decent turtle size.
0: I think pygmy hedgehogs. Th- this, I think, the ones that as pets are. Typically smaller, based on videos. Yeah,
1: if if a if a foot long hedgehog hedgehog is a foot is uh is the pygmy one. then I are there bigger ones?
0: Well, a foot long is probably the upper end of normal, which we usually go with.
1: But still, I'm imagining a a hedgehog the size of a cat.
0: You're probably gonna have a six inch hedgehog. I that that I can deal with. So. How many hedgehogs go into the deepest dive into Bosman's Got, uh, a cave in South Africa, also called Bushman's Hole. Hmm. Here's a hint. Uh, the cave is a submerged freshwater sinkhole. Uh, so, meaning dive, meaning with a, you know, scuba gear. Uh, that is thought to, be f- thought to have been first explored in modern times in 1977. Uh, the deepest recorded dive was achieved by scuba diver Nuno Gomez in 1996. The dive is tough because the hole starts at an altitude of 1500 meters or 4900 feet. And uh, it it includes complicated decompression.
1: 1500 feet above sea level? Yeah. And it's full of water? Yeah. Oh, I guess it's not ocean water. You said did say fresh water. Yes. Um... Oh, that's I'm cave diving would probably be my absolute worst nightmare. That or it does sound crazy. That or the Kraken, one of those two. It's like
0: it's like two different types of like feeling trapped.
1: It's claustrophobia, and also possibly drowning. It's just the worst.
0: Or possibly the bends. Like if basically if something goes wrong, and I'll tell you why. At the end, uh, I'll actually I guess this doesn't give anything away, um. When Gomez reached the bottom of the hole, he got stuck in the mud for two minutes before freeing himself. That's a- so. Talk about panic.
1: Yeah, but if you if you're down deep enough, um, uh, oxygen poisoning can actually cause you to not panic. Oh, nice. You kind of like <laughs> you 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 uh, you mellow out if you're deep enough. Uh, if you're if you're getting a... Because you're breathing a, a really high concentration of oxygen, and um, so I've, I, I've heard stories of uh, scuba divers who, like, run out of air or something or get stung or whatever, and they, they, they'll they tell the story, like, I should have freaked out, but I was just like,
0: huh. So you're basically, like, kind of drunk?
1: Kind of drunk, kind of, like, I don't know, maybe high a little bit. You're high on, like, oxygen, I know you're just you, you. You don't feel tense or panicked um, when you're taking in like a really high concentration of oxygen. So,
0: can they not make a mixture of gases that are more like the atmosphere?
1: They do, but when the the closer you, uh, the further down you get, the more compressed the air gets. Oh, I see. Which is why you get the bends because that air makes its the nitrogen makes its way into your bloodstream at the compressed level, and if you ascend too quickly, that that gas goes. decompresses really quickly and creates bubbles in your bloodstream and if you get stuck while cave diving i feel like the bends is the least of your problems
0: is the bends not absolutely deadly
1: no it's not absolutely deadly it's incredibly painful and it can be deadly but it's less deadly than drowning that's true anyway (laughs) on that light note i'm gonna say this thing is a thousand feet no, that's that, that's like too much. I don't even think a person could scuba dive that deep. Or the, maybe, maybe they could, but they would need like Navy SEAL, like rebreather gear and stuff like that. So it might be possible. I'm going to say like eight, maybe 800 feet. So I'll say 800 of these guys.
0: 800 hedgehogs, <laughs> final answer? Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes.
0: The correct answer is 927. Oh, I was close. So you're in between your two guesses knocking on the door of a thousand. Yeah, for
1: sure. That's yeah. At first, I thought it was impossible, but, um,
0: that's 2,800 or 200, 2,800, 282.6 meters.
1: My, my scuba instructor used to dive for the Navy and they would spend six hours at 800 feet. Um, you know, repairing lines and stuff like that. And, uh, There's like, there's very little light and they do use rebreathers and all this stuff and crazy stuff. Wouldn't want to do it.
0: Yeah. Scuba diving seems scary. I like scuba diving, diving. but
1: not, I don't want want to scuba dive deep things like the ocean. (laughs) Shallow parts of the ocean is what I want to deep scuba dive,
0: whatever. That's where the reefs are. I don't know words. The cool reefs are. I
1: don't know words.
0: All right. If you're down too far you know it's harder to see colorful reefs, you know, except for with within the range of your flashlight.
1: Also because the um, the wavelengths don't filter down. The,
0: the yeah, the you can't red won't see, reflect uh, off. All right.
1: I'll to tell another scuba story. A friend of mine went scuba diving and got um, stung by a lionfish, and he was about. Oof-ta it was about like 65 70 feet down and his blood looked uh green because the there was less red light making it down to his his uh the where he was so he couldn't see the the, the red as much so it's it's crazy down there i do i do enjoy scuba diving the two times that i went <laughs> um but it's it's scary it's scary stuff
0: uh, the to hear about weight yep They're between 14 and 39 ounces, or 400 and uh, 1,110 grams. So, how many hedgehogs go into the heaviest pig in history? Oh, man, that's got to be pretty big. Here's a hint. The pig was named Big Bill, and he was a Poland-China breed. He was owned by a man named Elias Buford Butler, because, of course... (laughs) And made he made record weight in Jackson, Tennessee, in 1933. You know it's crazy. Like with all our like genetic modifications, we haven't made a bigger pig since 1933. Hmm. This pig was like 12 year old height at the shoulder.
1: I'm gonna say 1,200 pounds, because that's not as heavy as most cows. I don't think Um, 39. Ounces, about two and a half pounds. I'm going to say 480.
0: 480. <laughs> That's what
1: Elias Buford Butler would say.
0: 480 hedgehogs, y- final answer? Yes. The correct answer is 1,000. Oh, One, wow. Uh, 1,400 1,046.9 1, hedgehogs. So
1: it's like a 2,500 pound. No, it's like a, it no, like uh, a 3,000 yeah, pound. Two- Two thousand five hundred and fifty two. Oh wow. How... Or one thousand
0: one hundred and fifty seven kilograms.
1: That is a heavy hog.
0: That's a lot of bacon. Actually it's not it's a lot of bacon, I guess, but it's more just pork. Yeah. It's because bacon is like skin level, right?
1: I have no <laughs> idea. All I know is that it's all <laughs> delicious. Except for probably the hooves, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and some people might like that. And dogs like the ears; they sure do. Are you ready for fast facts? I am. Let's 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 figure this guy
1: out. All right, no, you're going to say the major fact. Um, so its diet is bugs, grubs, snails, spiders, some plants, and even scorpions and snakes. It has a high tolerance for toxins although it doesn't eat them all the time it's just been recorded eating them it really helps to have a high tolerance for toxins as a male like the mongoose and as a mammal not a male (laughs) but yeah as a male as well um but like yeah like the mongoose and we we were doing an animal recently that had a high tolerance for toxins oh the um i think it's the platypus Mm, yes yeah it basically forages around and eats uh whatever it comes across Uh, since it likes warm climates, it will go into estivation, which is like a rest, a low metabolism rest state, um, when it gets into the cooler months. And if it actually gets cold, it'll hibernate, but it does live in central Africa for a reason, uh, because it doesn't like the cold. Same. Really? I, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't like the freezing, like the, the frigid snowstorm, but I do like the cool weather. Um, Same. So the hedgehog is nocturnal and usually spends its nights hunting alone, eating all those bugs and grubs that I talked about. Um, And it also has to keep an eye out for some tenacious predators, including the eagle owl, which I feel like we should do at some point because how can we not do something, cover something called an eagle owl? It's just like the coolest thing ever. It sounds like an (laughs) undefeatable winged monster um, from, from Legends of Yore. Also the jackal. Is another uh, predator for the hedgehog and the, the fa- infamous honey badger, and I something tells me that the honey badger uh, doesn't care one whit about any sort of quills or spikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, just eat, just eat it, quills and all, and digest it. No the problem.
0: Eagle Owl does look pretty intense. The what? It looks like a guardian of Gahul himself. You know. Gahul. <laughs> the eagle owl
1: who's gahool
0: <laughs> you never saw that movie guardians of Gahul?
1: no is it the one with he-man in it
0: no it's like a bunch of owls i think one of them is elijah wood
1: no it's the that's the legend of the guardians
0: <laughs> wait what is guardians of Gahul? i
1: don't know you're making up words but it's legend of the guardians for sure that animated movie about the owls
0: oh it's it's this it's the same thing Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul.
1: Oh, gotcha. It's like Edge of Tomorrow, Live Die, Repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay. So you're not I
0: The Guardians of Ga'Hoole is the name of the fantasy book series.
1: You're exonerated. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. I almost did though because it had a thirty seconds to Mars song as the trailer.
0: It looked really <laughs> yeah, it looked really good.
1: Anyway, I'm done. Those those are all my fast facts.
0: Elijah Wood is not in it, but Hugo Weaving is.
1: Elijah Wood plays a different bird in Happy Feet.
0: Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> It was a good time for animated birds.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's even the there was, there was the one where the penguins surf. The uh
0: the tooth tooth oh, this was 2010.
1: And then there was the one where the turkeys didn't want to be eaten on Thanksgiving. There's one about chicken, Carri- chicken run? carrier pigeons no not chicken run there was another one where like the the turkeys got together in order to because to like fight against thanksgiving in particular <laughs> but yeah you're right it was a good era to be an animated bird
0: <laughs> for sure <laughs> or to be you in an animated
1: bird movie business
0: to be a bird actor yes it's true uh, Yes, like
1: like uh michael keaton
0: <laughs> yeah all right. Let's let's get into the major fact. I forgot to name it.
1: That got off the rails.
0: <laughs> yeah. But we can call it sticky spines or something. Sure. Uh, that sounds gross. He- hedgehogs have f- 5000 spines, which are called spines apparently and not quills. There's a little bit of a difference between spines and I guess there's a difference between hedgehog spines and like porcupine quills. Huh. Um, and we'll talk about that. Um, they're made of keratin, uh, the stuff hair, nails, mammal horns, and dreams are made of. Mm-hmm. My. T- they're. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some, uh,
1: tough, tough dreams. Literally, tra- tough dreams.
0: Yeah, uh, that little-known fact: dreams are made of keratin. keratin. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're nearly hollow, though not as hollow as. Um, bird feathers. Muscles on the hedgehog's back allow them to smooth down their spines or make them stand up when they feel threatened. Uh, But these semi-hollow spines are light and strong, acting as a pointy deterrent to predators. They don't release barbed quills like porcupines, but most predators would think twice about putting a spike ball down their throats anyway. Unless they're a honey unless badger. You're, unless you're a honey badger or an eagle owl. Or a jackal. Yeah. Uh you might have seen these adorable pincushions floating on their backs in bathtubs on Instagram and YouTube. Uh and that's I have a not. day well spent. That's it's, it's a day well spent. I, I believe it. <laughs> Uh, But they they have a unique ability to do this because their air pockets in their spines uh, can turn their back into a little boat. A back boat. Yeah.
1: An adorable adorable. back boat.
0: Yeah. Uh, In domestic life, it serves the function of looking super cute. In the wild, I can only imagine that this would be really handy in floods and puddles and crossing streams and stuff like that, just being more buoyant. Yeah. did you mention? Do they live underground? I did not I mention they where they live. I do, in hedges,
1: in <laughs> well manicured hedges too.
0: But that's is that why not it's in the phylum
1: end. Chordata? Because it has a good backbone.
0: And it's covered in spines. Oh, it's yeah.
1: Back backbone. Back. Making a yeah, little, yeah. little pun there. Little. It's good. Sure. Thanks. It's good. I appreciate it. <laughs> Acknowledge me. Uh,
0: I did. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's what Johanna says all the time if like we're watching a movie and she like and I'm really into the plot and she makes a joke and like I'll hear her like in the back of my mind I'll hear her say something but like plot is happening and then all of a sudden she'll go laugh at me (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to watch (laughs) she's like laugh at my joke
1: And you're like, hold on, say it again. Take me, put me (laughs) back in the right headspace for your
0: joke. Put me back, put me back in the Uh, (laughs) Kubrick. But uh, anyway, that, those, those things we've already, already talked about is not just the, the end of the interesting stuff they do with their spines. They also have been known to practice something called self-anointing. You you can't do that. You need a prophet. I was just going to say, no, they don't declare themselves king by divine right. Uh, It means they rub aromatic substances all over their bodies. Oh, I do that. It's called soap. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so do I. It's called soap and deodorant. But their goals are different than ours. They want to smell good. Or we want to smell good. They want to smell bad. So when they find a particularly strong-smelling substance, they will chew it up and mix it into their saliva until it's a foamy semi-liquid. Then they'll spread the substance all over their spines. How do they do that? Their hands can't reach that far. They use their face and tongue. They're, they're,
1: I'm just I'm just trying to picture I how mean, this works logistically I, for a hedgehog. I've seen
0: two videos of it, and they're definitely not getting to the middle of their back, but they are getting to like the edges of their spines. I guess with their hands. No, with their tongue. With their face and tongue. They're just okay
1: i I gotta see this
0: I mean the i guess the the most uh the most vital part of their armored defense is the the opening around them so they usually the the videos I saw that's where they're really they're able to reach okay um so maybe they don't get to the back part maybe it's just around the opening but that's that's enough for them so it's not a hundred percent clear why they do that But the main theory is that it's a defense mechanism. They've been observed doing this with bad-tasting, pungent, and irritating substances like tobacco, soap, and fecal matter. Ostensibly, this would add to the aversion to eating a hedgehog, right? Not only is it a spiky ball, but it's a stinky spiky ball covered in poop and cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) gross (laughs) <laughs> gross <laughs>
1: yes you know live uh, in the wild
0: yeah yeah uh but well, i mean they live in the uk no they live or in africa do. these do live in africa but they also live in the uk because they live all over the world because they're people's so I'm, pets i'm imagining. i guess yeah tobacco is pretty it's a it's all over the world
1: yeah i'm just picturing like wild wild africa's got yeah. quite a bit of that
0: true So, they also do this with poisonous substances like toxins found on frog skin. It's possible that the poisonous frogs are the main reason they develop this practice. On the other hand, hedgehog pet owners may be confused because they also observe hedgehogs doing this with food they like, like dog treats and other things that they might enjoy eating. Now, maybe (laughs) if they don't realize it's counterintuitive... To smear the food of a predator all over your body. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe dog treats are disgusting to a hedgehog, but delicious to a dog. Like fecal matter. <laughs> <Dog>. <laughs> That's dog true. That's that true. Too.
1: The, the hedgehog is just projecting. He's, like, he's unable to be empathetic and step into, maybe. step into the paws of a dog in order to understand what it's likes and dislikes.
0: Well, maybe it's a, just a side effect because maybe all of these nasty things are repugnant to an owl or a hedgehog or not a hedgehog, a badger or a jackal. No, a jackal's gotta have the same flavor palette as you know your typical canine.
1: Yeah, I I imagine that if you gave a jackal uh, a dog yes, treat, he'd thank you day. and then and then rip your throat out.
0: Yeah. And if you gave him another dog's poop, he'd do the same thing. Uh, a honey
1: badger would probably do the same thing. I bet you I bet you all three of these animals would eat a dog treat.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, uh, maybe, I don't maybe, know. maybe not an owl. <laughs> maybe not the owl. However, it may be a behavior born from a genetic instinct. Hedgehogs as young as 15 days old have been seen doing this using substances they find, guess where? On their mother's backs. <laughs> they just steal the nasty liquid from their mothers. Gross. Like millennials. You know? <laughs> what nasty <laughs> liquid?
1: It's uh, it's kombucha.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's for loco <laughs> energy beer.
1: You know, the that the that classic mom drink from the previous generation <laughs> from generation X or whatever. Mommy's little helper.
0: Oh, (laughs) but that's all I got.
1: All right, they smear themselves with nasty stuff. My dog tries to do that. I'm not really sure exactly what he's smearing on himself, but I know it can't be good.
0: Oh well. So I didn't mention, but the spines, when they're covered in something poisonous, can actually inject the poison into predators, and. They sometimes a hedgehog won't curl into a ball. They will they will fold down their front spines and actually jab and like ram and jab things. And then sometimes when they're in the ball, they'll constrict their muscles to jab at uh, predators that are sniffing around them. So if that's covered in some frog toxin, it could be very irritating or even potentially sickening to a predator. But maybe injecting fecal matter does the same thing. You know, it's an irritant.
1: So does it become venom when it takes the poison from a frog and then injects it? There's another animal that we've talked about. I know. Yeah, I was trying to think of it. It's not the platypus. But it was like it it coats its barbs or spines in a poison that it secretes and then jabs somebody with it.
0: Was it the tenric?
1: No, it was more. No. It was a lot more recent than that. Oh, okay. I'm gonna do research on our own site for once.
0: I bet it's an underwater animal because I'm trying to think of all the mammals we've talked about, and I don't think there's many with.
1: Oh, it's the slow loris.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: It has it has um it has poison glands under its elbow, and it'll lick the poison and then bite somebody, and then that person will be poisoned. So. It, It technically acts as venom so it changes its
0: own poison to venom
1: right but i don't think i i think i'm pretty sure that that poison patch is only for that purpose i don't think it's necessarily on its own a deterrent i don't know that was the slow loris episode go listen to it but yeah interesting i guess it does become venom because it's all about administration <laughs> like politics. Yeah. So that was the African pygmy hedgehog for you out there in Podcastia, and let me know if saying Podcastia is a stupid thing to do because I was just thinking about it today, and I'm like, do people find this stupid? I have no idea. So
0: I don't think I think now it's like kind of like Hogwarts to them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was stupid to start out with, and people just gotten used to it. Anyway, for you out there in Podcastia, the mythical land, keep up the foraging. Estivate when it gets cold. And keep your enemy at quill length like the African pygmy hedgehog here in life, death, and taxonomy.
0: Hey LDT listeners! Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks most of all for listening. (laughs) Podcast. <laughs> or spine length.
1: Yeah, I should. Have, I actually. I,
0: I don't know. If, I don't know for a fact that saying quill is incorrect.
1: Like, is is it a quill if it is detached?